Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Workplace MVP. Workplace MVP is brought to you by R3 Continuum, a global leader in workplace behavioral health and security solutions. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gassman. Hi, everyone. Your host, Jamie Gassman here, and welcome to this episode of Workplace MVP. Since early 2020 and now into 2022, the workforce and work environments continue to experience shifts and changes, and that shifting and changing for some continues at a rapid or frequent pace. And some industries, such as healthcare, are experiencing shortages of staff and a limited candidate pool, while other industries are experiencing a delayed great resignation or, as some have called it, a reshuffle. Disruption has become a constant in our workplaces, resulting in leaders having to take a closer look at the support and resources they're making available to employees. The workforce is not the same as it was pre-pandemic. Their view on work-life balance has shifted, their expectations of their employer have grown, and what they need for support from their work life is different than what they would have needed pre-pandemic. How can employers keep up with the changes and move to a work environment employees can thrive in? How can they be creative to ensure the resources and tools they are making available to employees feels of value and appreciated? Well, joining us today to share the -the out-of-the-box resources and tools her workplace has put into place for their workforce is Workplace MVP and Executive Vice President of Human Resources at Jackson Healthcare, Robin Smith. Welcome to the show, Robin. Great. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be with you today, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're absolutely appreciate you being on. And I just want to start out by having you kind of walk us through your career journey, share with us how you got into HR and kind of that journey you've taken to becoming the executive vice president of human resources at Jackson Healthcare. Sure. So uh, when I graduated from college, um, I always knew that I was wanting to be in human resources. My mother was in human resources and I loved people. So I thought that would be a great career for me. Um, So I started out my career in the staffing industry and then I moved from there into the medical field and worked for a large physician group here in Atlanta Uh, doing a lot of merger and acquisition work. And then I moved uh, to an international publicly traded software company. And I had a large international team and uh, we were in, you know, 17 different countries. So that was a wonderful experience. Then the opportunity at Jackson Healthcare came up and I just thought, what a great match for me, uh, having the staffing industry experience, having the medical industry experience, and then having software and high-tech experience. So to me, it it was the perfect marriage. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so talk to me a little bit about what Jackson Healthcare does. What what does it provide your clients with? Jackson Healthcare is a family of highly specialized healthcare staffing, search, and technology companies. The mission is to improve the delivery of patient care in the lives of everyone we touch. Our companies provide hospitals and healthcare systems with the labor and technologies they need to deliver high quality patient care and achieve the best possible outcomes, while also connecting healthcare professionals to employment opportunities that they desire. Each year, we help thousands and thousands of healthcare facilities serve more than 10 million patients across all 50 states. Yeah, 
Wonderful. And so looking at kind of the conversation you and I had before, you know, your organization, you've seen a lot of growth over the last few years, even before COVID. And I think you've even had some even more growth since COVID. So can you talk a little bit about what that growth has looked like and the impact that's had, you know, in your role at the, at the, at Jackson Health? Sure. Um, you know, being in the healthcare industry, the, the needs have been more and more, especially over the last two years specifically. And our business continues to grow. And I've been blessed to work for an organization that continues to grow. Since I've been here, Jackson has tripled in size. Um, and so what it means for our people, it's, it's just wonderful to see them grow and learn, learn new things and new skills and prosper um, and share that. And, and we're continuing to grow because healthcare is not going away. And if anything we've learned in the last couple of years is it's at the forefront of everything. Yeah. And, you know, when I start these conversations with a new guest, I'm always looking at, you know, areas that, you know, really, you know, inspire passion and and get you excited about the work that you do in in kind of driving these conversations. And when we were talking in our pre-show call, you talked about being really proud of the work that your team has done. And, you know, I think, you know, and there's a lot of great work that you got, you, you shared, and we're going to be touching a lot on it as we kind of move through the show. But tell me a little bit about the work that you're most proud of with your team um, let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I am unbelievably proud of our people and our clinicians and our physicians that we put to work each and every day. Um, it took a lot of our associates and clinicians worked around the clock um, and our, our people worked to deploy physicians and nurses to the front line. Um, they were actually saving lives. These were unprecedented times and they continued to go above and beyond to help the physicians and the clinicians get to where they needed to be, to help their coworkers. Everyone leaned into the process and uh, they worked quickly to pivot uh, from what maybe their normal day-to-day job was. We We found new ways to meet ongoing needs and growing needs. A few examples of this is that, you know, we had receptionists and we, uh, because the business closed for a couple months, we cross-trained them to credential clinicians and put more and more clinicians out to work uh, on the front lines. And other associates took on multi-specialties in the healthcare arena so that they could uh, ramp up quickly and get more clinicians to work so they care for more patients. And then our frontline workers, they were just amazing. They worked shift after shift over time, um, just helping, you know, when the pandemic hit, hit its peak, uh, you know, not complaining. Um, they are such our unsung heroes, um, and we owe so much to them. Our mission is to improve patient care in the lives of everyone we touch. We met our mission on patient care and and pivoting to saving patients' lives each and every day. And during COVID, we really saw the impact of all this great work that was going on. Some of the things we did, we were first uh, to set up an emergency uh, department outside of a hospital in the epicenter uh, in Georgia, which the outbreak was in Albany. 
We set up the World Congress Center for overflow from hospitals for more patients. Uh, we set up drive-through vaccine centers. All of these things have never been done. So we are learning and deploying and executing at real time each and every day. And I'm just, um, the word proud does not do it justice for all of our people and everything that they have done, um, their unyielding dedication and commitment to taking care of patients and saving lives has been unprecedented. <clears throat> wow. That's just really impressive. And in the, the innovation and, you know, the, the project management and the kind of forward thinking yes. and the immediate thinking that you had to do during that time to, to pull that off is, is absolutely impressive. I can see where it'd be something you'd be um, proud um, to, to say you were a part of and, and able to, to support. That's incredible. And so looking at, I mean, in, in addition to that, I mean, all the great work that your employees were doing as an organization, you, you were also heroic in, in being able to put some amazing benefits in place to support your employees so that you could keep them helping, you know, with that by, you know, giving them aid for the school. Like I think you said that there were, um, you know, you brought in some tutors for the, the, the the children for the schoolwork, and then you had daycares during that sh that that were shut down. And can you talk through, you know, the educational and childcare resources that you did put in place for your employees that 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 support that you gave them to kind of lift that strain off of them um, as they were navigating that, so that they could stay focused on supporting patients. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you know. At when the pandemic first started, things were changing daily, sometimes hourly. And we realized very quickly that we really needed to lean in and help our associates and their families. So um, we, what we did is we added uh, part-time and drop-in hours at our on-site childcare center. Uh, we had some extra space available. So that's where we set up um, little pods so and they could bring in tutors to help, you know, if they, you know, if there was a cluster of, you know, three or four or six students that they could learn, of course, social distancing, uh, but the cubes were set up enough that they could do that, but they could help each other. Um, we deployed teachers into associates home from our child care center, which had never been done in the history of that company. So we really worked hard to get that done because we needed to continue to deploy clinicians and physicians to the front line. Our people still needed to work, but their kids needed to be taken care of. We were reserved spots at distant learning centers for older students so that they could continue to learn and be in a safe environment. Um, we did Zoom calls to engage children who were home. Um, there stories that came out of this. We did story time. We did arts and crafts. We did uh, kids yoga at a specific time every, every week. So the parents could learn to depend on that time that their children would be occupied. So if they had an important call to be scheduled or something along those lines, that would, that would take care of it for them. Uh, we waived tuition and offered reimbursement for added virtual school costs that you know, nobody could have anticipated any of this. So a lot of it, you know, our workforce is 70% female. Uh, so we have a lot of, of families. And so it was really important to us 
to pivot and come up with creative, out-of-the-box ways to think about things and think about it differently. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know when we talked and I've shared this with you, that whole, you know, I have school-aged children and I was that working mom juggling, you know, and of course my spouse was home as well, but we're juggling that schoolwork and learned very quickly that was not my calling to be a teacher. <laughs> I do have a whole new level of uh, appreciation for that job. Yes. Um, but, you know, just the thought of having that lift, it, 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 you know, brought back memories to me of navigating that and then just, you know, I teared up just thinking of how, how wonderful that had to have been for the employees to be able to have that lift off their shoulders and they could just focus on their work. So kudos to you. I think that's absolutely impressive and amazing. Thank Thank you. So, and additionally, in your tenure at Jackson Healthcare, you had a clinic put on site. So I know you talked a little bit about the clinical resources that you've had on site, but you, you put a clinic on site How did that help with supporting your employees during the highest point of COVID outbreak? And even now, what are you experiencing by having that clinic put on site? How has that come to be like this, you know, to fruition of this like support system that you probably maybe didn't think of when you initially had the idea of putting that on site? That's that's absolutely correct. Uh, We put the clinic um, in a few years ago and the on-site clinic, it provides both primary and preventive care to our associates and their families. Um, so as we pivoted in, into COVID and, you know, not knowing what we were dealing with every day and uh, not only finding it difficult to get into the hospitals, but, you know, some doctor's offices even closed. And so we made a conscious decision early on that we wanted a safe place for our associates and their families to come that was non-COVID, if you will. Um, So they could continue to get their their prescriptions filled for their maintenance meds. You know, if they had something other than COVID, they could come and they could be treated. Um, And it was, uh, they were familiar with the staff. And so even when the office closed for just a couple months, um, the the utilization on the clinic stayed up around 85%, which was just unheard of. Um, and so those clinicians came in every day to serve our population. Uh, we also offered uh, t- uh, 24-7 telemedicine services. Uh, the clinic had to pivot to some telemedicine services, uh, and they would do COVID diagnoses over telemedicine um, so that they would, you know, could keep seeing uh, the other patients in the actual clinic itself. And uh, this allowed the associates and their families to connect with the physicians from home. And so I think it really propelled the telemedicine journey forward. Uh, We were very purposeful not to provide COVID testing in the clinic. I I bet I got that question every day. Why don't we have COVID testing? And once again, it was because we wanted a safe place for our associates and their families to get continuous ongoing care during a time when options were very, very limited. Uh, And then when the vaccine came out, uh, we started offering uh, the Moderna vaccine to associates and their families, as well as the boosters. So that was the only thing that we pivoted on with COVID is to help them because in the early, in the early days, it was hard to get the vaccine. 
So we were constantly looking at different things that we could do to provide more services to our associates and their families. Yeah. And, and has that, you know, putting that in place and, and kind of keeping it as like a, you know, clinic that people can go to that's non-COVID, has that helped to keep your utilization of it up at this point now too? I mean, did it kind of create kind of, you know, knowledge of it? Yes. Yeah. So it stays uh, around 80 to 85%. Um, It's just, it's probably one of the number one benefits that we have here on campus because there's just, you know, such value. And we, we have a partnership with a local pharmacy. So if the, the, the physician or the clinician write a prescription, they can get a same day delivery of their prescription. So it's not like they have to leave work and go out and pick it up. And, you know, cause that, that takes a lot of time to do that. And, and sometimes, you know, if they're really busy, they'll deliver twice a day so that uh, they're getting, you know, the medications that they need. Wow. So, and there, there's been other creative and out of the box measures <clears throat> that you've put in place to show support for your people. So can we talk about some of those approaches? I know some of them was like therapy dogs, counselors on site, a COVID response team. You also, you know, we're prepping your managers. Can you dive into a little bit of some of these other out of the box measures that you've, you've done? Sure. Sure. So we also have an on-site fitness center. So we reopened that as as soon as we possibly could with limited availability and COVID-19 protocols put in place uh, to provide the associates with the opportunity to safely exercise. Because you think about it, everything was shut down. And so, you know, part of our philosophy is mind, body, and spirit. And working out is part of that as well. Uh, we added um, some emotional well-being webinars and we broke it up. We did one for the associates to talk about what issues they may be addressing. Um, we had our on-site counselors actually do this uh, via of a Teams call and answer any questions that they might have. And then we also had a session for the managers, because these were unprecedented times. You know, how do you manage through all of this? How do you support your associates? And so really the counselors really speaking towards that and helping them. Um, And we also did recorded webinars with local and national experts on topics ranging from, you know, stress management and emotional well-being and tied to nutrition and physical health. And how parents can help their children receive better emotional support and help during this pandemic. So there were multiple layers in there. And, you know, we just kept our pulse on it in, uh, through spot surveys and that, kind of seeing how people were actually doing to see if we needed to add more sessions or we needed to pivot to a new topic, Um the executive team, we met every morning, um, you know, to talk about, okay, what, what's going on today? What do we need to address today? Um, we also reimagined our Jackson Healthcare University, which included tra- traditional professional development, leadership training, networking, and cultural awareness, 
sensitivity curriculum to better serve our associates during the pandemic. So we moved everything to virtual and on demand. And we saw a participation rate increase of up to 16% compared to other years. So they were hungry for the knowledge. And so we just needed to pivot and get it to them in in a means that they could digest it. We also recognize the need to help our associates stay emotionally connected during the physical separation. Um, we re-image our camp, um, our traditions. We launched virtual events and activities. Uh, we had a, a virtual Halloween costume um, contest and we judged it and gave away awards that we later sent to people's homes online. We had virtual holiday decor. Um, We did uh, Zoom pictures with Santa. That was very creative. Um, So we were constantly looking at what was in our normal DNA and how could we adapt it to our associates. Um, They also, our associates worked diligently from the onset of the pandemic to help ensure that our healthcare professionals were mobilized nationwide to provide critical life-saving care for patients suffering from COVID-19. We looked at ways to say thank you and show appreciation for one another. And in recognition of the work our associates were doing to fight against the pandemic, we mailed a COVID-19 response team item to them. They could have a hat or, uh, you know, a t-shirt or, you know, some type of memorabilia. And it was neat because on a lot of the, the Zoom or the team calls, they, they, would, they would be wearing their memorabilia very proudly that they were part of that COVID response team. Uh, we held uh, town hall meetings with one of our physicians, uh, the medical director from our clinic, our onsite clinic. And he answered a lot of the science behind COVID because things were changing rapidly. You know, when we were thinking about coming back, <clears throat> you know, what, why do we have to wear masks? What's the purpose of a mask? Um, you know, why do we have to quarantine? You know, and then when the vaccine came out, well, what's the best vaccine? Why do we need the vaccine? We just constantly ongoing, whatever the flavor of the week might have been. Uh, so we were just trying to educate and, and adjust uh, for their needs and to help uh, get the latest and greatest out to them. And our medical director was on the front line. He was also practicing. So he was giving real examples of what was going on. We also uh, decided to set up a privacy officer to report exposures or cases. And we hired a registered nurse to do this because we wanted to take it out of the hands of HR or managers because we're not medical professionals. Uh, We actually wanted the nurse making those decisions. So by August of 2021, we had over 6,000 COVID questions or inquiries that had been answered by the nurse. Um, She was amazing from that. Um, Some of the other things, we talked about the Halloween costume contest. We also had an online pumpkin carving contest. Um, So we just tried to think about things that we could do differently. 
And this year we added um, on-site pet therapy. So they bring in uh, the dogs and that's to support the mental and well-being of our associates. Our company also signed the Global Mental Health Pledge through the Society for Human Resource Managers and Thrive Global, reaffirming our long-standing commitment to mental health and well-being of our associates. Um, and that's that's really taken off. Yeah, that's wow. That's that's a big list. You've done a lot. That's impressive. <laughs> So in looking at them, you mentioned spot surveys to kind of get a gauge of employees kind of response to that and, you know, really identify if there's other areas that you, you might need to be looking into. So, you know, how, how have your employees responded to that support and the continued support? You know, what are you seeing amongst your, your employees? Yeah. So I'd say from my observation, for the most part, it's been welcomed and, you know, positive. You know, when we first started to come back on campus, there was still, you know, some fear factor around that. Because listen, some people had some <clears throat> extenuating medical conditions. And for those that were still unsettled, we made accommodations. There was an accommodation form they had to fill out for the nurse. And, you know, if the nurse needed to ask more medical questions, which was totally confidential, we did not have any of that information then the nurse could make, you know, a proper call on what they needed. But we really tried to meet people where they were and what they were experiencing. Because then, you know, all of a sudden, you might have had other family members living with you, other people other than your children that you were having to take care of. So we were constantly adapting. Um, but the ones, um, once we got started coming back on campus, we heard more positive feedback because they just missed each other. They missed that connectivity, um, that human interaction. Um, and, you know, our, our campus was built around collision points just to have a, an impromptu conversation or an impromptu meeting. And so uh, a lot of that ha- started to come back after that. Wow. Yeah, I know I'm in the office today and I I generally am working from home still myself, but being able to be around people, it, it does make a difference. You know, we had lunch together. It was fantastic. <laughs> Haven't done that for a while. So you really see things that you appreciated about that in-office setting when you've been out of it for a while. So we're going to take a break here and hear from our sponsors. So Workplace MVP is sponsored by R3 Continuum. R3 Continuum is a leading expert in providing behavioral health support to people and organizations facing disruption and critical incidents. Through our evidence-based interventions, specialized evaluations, and tailored behavioral health programs, R3C promotes individual and collective psychological safety and thriving. To learn more about how R3 Continuum can help your workplace make tomorrow better than today by helping your people thrive. Visit www.r3c.com today. So I know in talking with you in our pre-show call, we kind of, you talked about a mix of employees, you know, some working from home and some who have come back into the office. Um, and this has kind of shifted and changed, you know, kind of throughout the pandemic. What does your current office mix look like now? Well, it's still a mix. Um, so, uh, we empowered the presidents to make the decision for each one of their companies and, uh, it's a mix. And I would say most people are in the office Monday through Thursday. Um, and 
you know, we see a lot of uptick probably Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's, I think in this day and age, it's always going to be a hybrid model um, from uh, this point forward. But, you know, back to those collision centers and, you know, they rely upon each other to get their, their jobs done. And, you know, when you're credentialing, a physician or a provider to go to work, there's multiple steps and you've got to find housing and you've got to get their credentials done. And so it takes a, a, a team to get that done. And so they're really enjoying being connecting, but then they still have sometimes that they, they, they can work from home as well. So it's it, what's interesting about, you know, the the hybrid model that we're seeing today or the remote work versus people in the office. If you think back to before COVID, so many workplaces were strictly in the in the office. There was no remote work. There were no hybrid. But then you had somewhere it was like, okay, these people can work from home because they live in a different state or, you know, you've been here a while, we'll let you work Fridays. You know, the reality is similar to a lot of things. I, I think that this was already probably something that was coming our direction and that COVID just expedited the implementation of it really. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, it's, it's interesting. It'd be interested in your thoughts on that because I mean, like we've already kind of had some of that happening before and this just like, basically you didn't have a choice, but to get comfortable with it really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. I think it accelerated everything, but you know, we got really good at it because we had to right in a short period of time. And so we've continued to refine it and uh, perfect it, if you will. And, you know, I think it's, you know, you've got to meet your people where they're at and you've got to listen to them as well. It's, it's important. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the generation of workers now, you know, across the mix, if you look at like people in, in work settings, in a lot of cases, they're not even going to apply for a job unless they've got that flexibility because they know they can go somewhere yeah. else to get it. So yeah. it's definitely become a different work environment. Yes, I think you're right on that. And also what we're seeing is that you either have some people to your point that want a hundred percent remote, but then there's a lot of people on the flip side of that, that want that connectivity and need that human interaction. Yeah. And that's, that's a real thing. Absolutely. And, you know, so we're kind of, this leads into my next, you know, question, you know, you made a comment, um, in our call, um, earlier and I, I, I loved the comment cause you mentioned when we, that, you know, we need to think out of the box that this, this new workforce is not the workforce of pre-COVID, right? So we have, you know, we had to look at it and kind of think out of the box of how we approach that. So can you share your thoughts and perspectives around that? Yeah, I think it's, um, it, it's a new, it's a new day. What worked three years ago or two years ago is not, not working now. And, you know, to get people to return to the office and, and make it an enjoyable and uh, easy experience for them. We started um, uh, a Better Together Campus Connection event. And like when we first came back, we did a family reunion and we, we set up tables and it was all outside. And, you know, we had, we 
had food and, and a band just to, to start to reconnect. We had a photo booth that they could, you know, use the different things that, um, and uh, take pictures with people that they hadn't been together with in a long time. We've done other events where we've brought food trucks on, on site. Um, we have a non, not-for-profit uh, partnership fair that we did, that we did it outside in the atrium. So they could just go, you know, from uh, place to place and ask about the nonprofits and see if, you know, they wanted to partake and, and uh, volunteer there. Um, we have done a celebration for a great place to work. Uh, we brought back Family Fun Day, which was like a carnival on site. Um, and everybody could bring their families. Uh, we've done things for Earth Day and Farmer's Market. Uh, we ha- we're having ongoing focus groups. Um, we listen to our associates, what they want, what's changing, what needs to make their transition easy. Um, and that's one of the reasons we started with the therapy dogs, too. Um, we just started that this past May. And now it's a permanent fixture once a month. Um, everybody loves, you know, when the therapy dogs are coming. Uh, I, I think I talked a little bit earlier about we do pulse surveys just to see mm-hmm. what's going on. What's uh, We do skip level meetings to see how people are feeling. We also recently launched a new initiative um, to help associates that are facing unexpected financial hardships. Um, it's called the Love Lift Associate Relief Fund. And associates contribute can contribute to that fund to help their fellow uh, associate um, in, the, in their time of need. Unfortunately, we had an associate that passed away very unexpectedly, and they're using that fund to help to pay for some of the funeral expenses because they didn't anticipate that. So, you know, and a lot of that was feedback from our associates and what they wanted to do and what they needed. Wow. Like a work family and taking care yeah. of each other and really mm-hmm. reconnecting with each other. That's, that's, it's like, like if you go to your first family get together and you haven't seen, you know, I can admit, I can just visualize it, <laughs> but that's a lot of fun. So, and, and, you know, listening to all the different things that you've put into motion, a lot of your out of the box thinking, you know, for organizations, you know, for leaders that might be listening to this who don't have, you know, an exponential amount of resources or the finances that are available to put some of those, you know, ideas into motion, what would you say they could do at an absolute minimum, you know, that, you know, is maybe a lower cost or a lower resource intensive that would be your recommendation for where they could even start to do some of that out of the box, you know, ideas? Um, there's a few things that don't cost any money. Um, listen to your people and follow through. If there's an ask, follow through with the ask. Be authentic um, on your core values of your organization. That's the lens that you view everything through. Lead with empathy. I mean, you just don't know what that person is going through personally. Um, you're only seeing you know, parts of it. Some of maybe the the tactical things that you can do are, you know, flex the work hours or the work day, Um, write handwritten notes of 
affirmation or thanks, um, giving them opportunities to connect to something bigger like volunteer work, give them some time off to serve at a charity of their choice. So there's quite a few things that you can do that if you, you know, you don't have money in the budget, um, you know, and, and lead with kindness also. Yeah. That's a very kindness and empathy. I just saw a post on LinkedIn. Somebody had the the picture of an iceberg of your leading with empathy and the importance of that. And it shows, you know, the top of the iceberg is what you can see, but what's down below is all the things you don't know that your employee might be going through and, and just being really aware that there might be a lot of things they're not willing to share with you that, you know, so you're hitting spot on with a lot of what I've seen other leaders really kind of honing in on, especially recently. I mean, a lot of people are still navigating interesting challenges that, you know, are kind of lingering as we continue to move into this, this, you know, we're halfway through 2022, but just some things that still continue to, to peak, um, for people. So, you know, and then looking at, you know, your opinion, you know, what is the impact if you have a, a, organizational leadership team that isn't focusing on their work environment or monitoring that emotional state of their teams? What What is the impact that they're likely to face in today's current kind of work environment? Yeah. Listen, the pandemic changed everything for employers and employees and monitoring your people's mental well-being is mission critical more now than ever. They're dealing with so much more and we need to give them ongoing tools in their toolbox to be able to maneuver, you know, work life, you know, everything that is going on. And as the workforce is, you know, shrinking overall, we need to continue to monitor the well-being of the employees. I think that's going to set you apart and be a differentiator. And that's what people are looking for. Um, I think it's a huge miss um, and they'll go seek employment elsewhere if you're not looking out for their mental, mental being. Yeah. And they're not, they're not even holding back anymore with that. Right. You, know, you have people just resigning without anything in, in place so that they can make that move. Um, and then along with that, you know, and you kind of touched a little bit on it, you know, the, uh, the benefits to a workplace, you know, of being conscious and intentional about caring for their employees. You know, you mentioned, you know, that you become like, an employer of choice. It really is a differentiator for you. What are some of the other benefits I know that you've probably experienced from all the great work that your team has done? Yeah. So when you focus on it, everyone reaps the rewards of those actions and those behaviors. It's the right thing to do. A little caring goes a long, long way. And, you know, it does help you become and stay a great place to work, which is advantageous for your associates and your customers. So the whole ecosystem benefits from all of that, you know, from all the caring that you do. Um, And I've seen it throughout the years. I've been in HR for quite a few years. And uh, the people who have always benefited most, and even more so after the pandemic, is those that lead with the empathy and the kindness and the caring. I think that is spot on what we all need to be continuing to do ongoing. Yeah, absolutely. And so if a leader is listening in, you know, looking at, you know, this constant 
continued disruption and challenges that workplaces are facing, what piece of advice would you give them about this new workforce that they need to be aware of um, or intentional in supporting? I would say be intentional about how you leave. I see servant leadership is what people are seeking. Be opening to listening and really hearing what your people are saying, you know, look for the verbal and the nonverbal and what they need um, and lead with empathy. Your people are the most important part of your organization, ensuring they know that you care about them and you care about them as a leader is you cannot go wrong with it. Yeah. Great words of advice. This has been such a great conversation, Robin. If our listeners wanted to get a hold of you or get more information about some of the great, you know, kind of, you know, ideas and resources you've put in place for your team, how can they go about doing that? Thanks, Jamie. It's been my pleasure. Um, they can reach out to me on my email. It's rsmith at jacksonhealthcare.com. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being on our show and letting us celebrate that great work that you and your team have done through the pandemic and even into today. There's just some great ideas and wonderful out-of-the-box thinking that I know I appreciated listening and learning from, but I'm sure your employees very much appreciated uh, that that level of support that you give and continue to give. So thank you for being a part of our show and being a guest. And we also wanted to thank our show sponsor, R3 Continuum, for supporting the Workplace MVP podcast. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you've not already done so, make sure to subscribe so you get our most recent episodes and other resources. You can also follow our show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at Workplace MVP. And if you are a Workplace MVP or you know someone who is, we want to hear from you. Email us at info at workplace-mvp.com. Thank you all for joining us and have a great rest of your day.